Hello, everybody. Welcome to this free episode of TF. No, nothing from Milo? Great, thank oh, you. Oh, it's the free one. Moving Sorry, on. I was distracted by the, <laughs> by the conversation we were having before we started recording. The podcast <laughs> with a room joke is so good, it disrupts the opening. Yeah. Yeah. We finally figured out how to get Milo to stop doing that annoying thing he does, which is one or both of us has to say something so distractingly funny that he is not able to concentrate. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, 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 we've got mm. uh, a show for you today. We are going to revisit we some have? old friends. Mm. Ooh. Um, so one very old friend. Oh, like h- how old are we talking here? What sort of time scale? Uh, we last talked about him. Charlie in... Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Charlie Palmer. Uh, mm. No, we last talked about him when SPACs were popular. Remember SPACs? Yeah, we became one mm. for a while. A special Purpose Acquisitions Corporation. Yes. Yeah, that, I think that was just after we were an oil warehouse. Yeah, uh, this was... Um, this was uh, Mr. Spack, basically, is back in the news again. <laughs> Mr. Bill the Spack Ackman. Bill Spack. Bill Spack. Bill Spack. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Spackman. That's I right. That was like a fairly obvious. Yeah, he got mm. he kind of got radicalized and is now based. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, Spack it, the knife. I mean, we're going to be talking okay. to him. That, in based in what way? Uh, well, we'll find out. Okay. Uh, mm. Yeah, but uh, I have I have a few news items first. And um, I've been handed just a bulletin as I was on my okay. way to the studio. Love a bulletin. With someone I, I now consider to be one of my newest, favoritist uh, Tory MP scandals. Ooh. I want to add, I know nothing about MP Scott Benton other than this. This is all I know about him. Okay. Scott Benton is already good backbench Tory MP name. Where basically, uh, he, he, was, he was hit with a sting. And the kind of sting that only... A monumentally stupid person would be hit with. Okay. Which is... Robert Redford showed up at his house, dressed like a guy from the Depression. (laughs) Dressed like a bee. It said, may I please sting you? And he He, said yes. He was the Mexican bee from The Simpsons. (laughs) Uh, So, basically, uh, a a couple of undercover reporters called him and said, Hey, quick question. We represent, like, Gamblor Incorporated. Do you Mm. mind committing us some, let's say, breaches of parliamentary standards in exchange for some money that we're going to give you to breach parliamentary standards. And he said, immediately, absolutely, right away. Great, perfect. Uh So he's, this is what, like cash for questions or... Oh, even even more pathetic. Really? They rang him up and they said, hey, cunt, how'd you feel about the pokies? (laughs) (laughs) He said he would help this fake company... Uh, get a foot in the door with ministers and advisors, but also that he would he would freely leak notes and a white paper on gambling that weren't available to the public. Jesus, right? Fantastic. Okay, cool. I mean, in fairness, look, Gambler, if having done years of the startup game, is an intensely believable company name. <laughs> so I'm I'm have sympathy for him on that front. Yeah. So um, basically, he was boasting to them about his uh. He was boasting to them uh, that he had access to all sorts of ministers, that he would steal documents for them, basically, and just said, give me 4,000 pounds. That's all it took. For for what it is, right, that's so little money. Uh, That's what what I love about it. That's what I mean. The bribe should be proportionate to not the amount of work it is, but the amount of trouble you get in if you get caught, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's also funny because they're undercover journalists, so you know they weren't hardballing him about the money. Like, if he'd have asked for more money, they'd have gone, sure. Like, because they're not actually going <laughs> to... So he didn't negotiate at all. Like, they said their opening position was four grand, and he said, yeah, and they were like, man, even for a sting operation, this is this is way it's too easy. guy just unzipping the big holdall full of cash, paying himself four grand and zipping it right back up and pushing it over the table, because he's not greedy, you know? Opening opening a fucking briefcase full of money, taking out four grand, closing the briefcase, which is still completely full, and putting it back down next to you. Well, well that's how much he asked for. That well, and a membership of the jockeys club. Look, they said they said it's our bribe, it's ev- the company's bribe money is everybody's bribe money. So be smart with it. Mm. Yeah. Does, uh, uh do you have access to very small furniture items? <laughs> Do you have access to a, 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 a like a fifty percent scale club room that I could sit in and hang so, out? So, uh, he he said that he gave a number of excuses, which also make me, uh, I think, sort of really like him, based on the fact that this is all I know about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "I I was only hit by that sting, uh, by these reporters from the Times." Because the hotel we met at was noisy and I couldn't concentrate. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> respect to this man, whomst among us who has not been neurodivergent, half able to hear a mm. conversation and just gone, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and then, you know. He's got ADHD. Yeah, grabbed a, a wad of like £4,000 worth of notes and just kind of hoped that the conversation was going in the direction that you thought it was. Yeah. I needed more Funko Pops, so the, I took the money. The best thing was, because it was all recorded there is as he gives these excuses there is a live tape of him saying the opposite where he says i can oh, hear everything oh, that you're really saying perfectly clearly yeah, yeah, yeah. yes yes what? yes there's a recording the reporter says this is convenient it's nice because a lot of these big hotels around here are quite busy and quite noisy but i find the music in these places makes it impossible to hear the other person Benton replied, that's very, very true. It's quiet here, and you're close to the commons as well. (laughs) (laughs) This is so good. He then, when that excuse didn't work, he said, well, I thought it was a job interview, so I was exaggerating what I could do. Show us how you would be bribed in a work environment. You know, like when when you apply to mm. somewhere and they say you like a coding problem or something. Yeah. Whereas th- this yeah. this one is a, like a bribery problem. Like wait, like an intray civil service e-tray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, like one of the great one of the best ways to show that you were um uh you would you you were just sort of testing your abilities for a job and that you're great at interviewing is to accept the first deal that is offered to you. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. uh, well, there might not be another. Because one, there might not be. You another don't one. end up with no deal. <laughs> that's, that's the art. Also, that, that is the art of the deal. This guy mm. would. This guy, I. I would love to see this guy having to haggle in in like a Moroccan yeah. street market. I thought I was on the popular daytime TV show Deal or No Deal with Noel <laughs> Edmonds, and I thought I don't want to leave here with one p in a box. Yeah. So I took the box that had four thousand pounds. But in I it. also love it. He's just like, no, don't you get it? I was lying. <laughs> 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 and also the next one. I don't saying, know anything about gambling. Is he was saying no? I was offering to leak the document after it would have been published. That's that's a masterful excuse. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how it works. Yeah. Once once everyone has access to this, I will email you a link for it. This will be four thousand pounds. <laughs> why why did they pick on this guy in particular? Was there a reason? Well, maybe they just had a register of like the dumbest MPs. Yeah, we need. In which case, we need access to that fucking FOIA <laughs> request. Where is the official register of dumbest members? 
members of the house because it's very important to podcasters. I think we could spare four grand, or I guess for the next one up, five grand for <laughs> the list of dumbest MPs. Uh, it says, uh, the undercover. <laughs> it's just exactly the same as Tory MPs elected at the 2019 election. <laughs> so, uh, an undercover reporter said to Mr. Benton, it would be advantageous, quote, if you're able to get us advanced sight of the gambling white paper. And he said, probably. I could guarantee you within 48 hours of publication. They then followed up. You mean before, right? And Benton said, yes. <laughs> okay, really uh. boxing him in here on this one. No, you don't understand. I had my fingers crossed behind my back when I said it. Well, the, the hotel got very loud when you emailed me the word before. <laughs> this is like a fucking arrested development cutaway. It's just like smash cut to him saying, I don't care for Job. Yeah. So uh, he then also says that he, he also, he, he, some of the lies were great. He just, one of the lies was, I know Kemi Badenoch very well. D- does he? And had to admit, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Just, just quite impressive, given that they're both Tory MPs. Yeah. And then, and then, then the last couple before we move on, because I, I had to, you to see, I had to talk about this. I had to like, of course, of course, around. yeah. But then he was like, "I didn't attend this as uh, it, it in my capacity as as MP. I was doing it as a private citizen." What, who, who, oh, it was a citizen's bribe. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Saying, in a democracy, it is imperative for parliamentarians to have the freedom to engage in private conversations and express their views openly. Be they about bribery or otherwise. <laughs> My view is that I should be able to leak this white paper 48 hours before publication. I just, I, I, I so really sick. want him to keep making excuses like these in the hopes that one of them works. Just he accidentally, <laughs> like, makes his saving throw on this. You know? Yeah, he's like, I was actually speaking Dutch in the interview. It sounds a lot like English, but in Dutch, actually, all those things I was saying mean the opposite of what they mean in English. <laughs> yeah, the Dutch so, sentence, I completely repudiate bribery, sounds a lot like, you know... Please give me this bribe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I want to do one more before we... Um, Please give me this bribe. <laughs> before we go on. His, uh, my favourite of his claims was that he didn't know what the job was. Uh, right. So it says... He claimed that when he received the email from the fake company, he was unsure what they were seeking from him, saying it was particularly clear over and above, saying the employment would be in the realm of one to two days per month, and it would be in the field of betting and gaming. Uh, Mm -hmm. He also said he bitterly regrets not asking them to clarify this. But the commissioners then noted that the initial email made very clear that this was for a paid role at the, at the beginning, and the interview was that they were looking for a strategic advisor, and remuneration was specifically discussed at the end of a meeting when they agreed a salary. Just, just try more things, wow. Scott, mate. Just, just go with, I don't know what money is, hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, his last one was just, I didn't know that I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the 2019 Aww. intake, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's literally like worse than Sam Allardyce. Like this is because I remember when Sam Allardyce got sacked as England manager for actually not taking a bribe. He got sacked for just taking the meeting about the bribe, in which he then said, "Well, I wouldn't be able to take that bribe without permission from the FA. I'd have to discuss." And they still sacked him. And this guy's just like, "Yeah, I'll take the bribe." <laughs> Sam Allardyce must be above suspicion. It's like Caesar's wife, you know? Yeah. Look, Sam Allardyce, I think, should be our next Prime Minister. I think, look, Britain is currently in the sort of global relegation zone, and what man better to take it on and steer it to kind of a like lower mid-table position than Big Sam? Oh, the guy from It's Always Sunny has bought Britain, and now he's making an inspirational TV series about it. 
Yeah. My favorite thing about Sam Allardyce is that whenever he's embroiled in a scandal, he goes back to this like shit pebble dash house that he owns in Bolton, which is clearly not where he lives, to do like a press conference in front of it because I think he thinks it makes him seem more like a like a regular guy. Mm. <laughs> and he's just like embattled in his tracksuit <laughs> outside his pebble dash semi. Uh, Beautiful. I've just I'm unfortunately have just learned that Scott Benton is uh, a um uh, uh, a member of an anti-abortion organization. Oh, good. Oh, my goodness. The, again, with, with well, I'm sure you could bribe this. him out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, the, the abortion organization is like Scott Benton. I've got three and a half thousand pounds here. <laughs> and I need you to go into Parliament and say abortion is good. <laughs> He's like, I'll do it. <laughs> I can't, look, it's important that parliamentarians are able to express yeah. their views. Really, Scott, really enjoying the idea of not a bidding war, but just he always t- he says yes to every bribe. And so he just goes into the House of Commons and says whatever he has been bribed to say most recently. Mm. You're saying he's basically mm. an LLM, yeah. but like yeah. a pay-to-play LLM. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Scott Benton, I will give you a uh, a, a sherbet dib dab and a Freddo to go into Parliament and say you believe in the Jewish conspiracy. And he's like, well, I guess I have to do it. It's a living, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I wouldn't actually do that. I just had to go on the record. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I want to move on from from Scotty B, uh, yeah. who I'm sure you know what I want to hear from him. All the time. Oh, I'm I really just, looking forward to hearing from him. I, lo- I look forward to hearing from him again as an old friend of the yeah. show. Uh, I have one small AI update. Then we're going to go into old pals, uh, which is well, you know how like there was that whole thing where oh, ChatGPT's uh, it's woke now. Yeah. Fortunately, mm. this has been fixed in a most German fashion. Oh, has it? We have met Gronk of Unvolk. We have met Nazi Gronk. This is Axel Springer is now the official news provider to OpenAI. Axel Springer, the what guy. What is Axel so Springer? This is a guy. He's a German media tycoon. He owns a bunch of uh, German newspapers and TV. He owns uh, Bild and Welt and stuff like that. Oh, all the normal papers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he is. And he's also in German Guns and Roses. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's like ardently pro-Israel, anti-Palestinian is the mm-hmm. the demarcating thing. So a bunch of people have been fired okay, from yeah. Springer, his like news corporation, for like. Saying anything other than like vehement support of Israel. Yeah. Well, it, well, in Germany, this seems very common at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Of, from what I've heard from our sources on on the German side of the fence, is that this is Germany's got Germany's gone really crazy. It is a it is a profoundly German vibe. But even for Germany, this guy is like yeah, this guy's far. Yeah, okay. basically. For those of you who don't know, um, sort of the Axel Springer Media Group in like the U.S., for example, consider him like Germany's Rupert. Mer- then like Germany's like Fox. Basically, um, and but they also own like Politico and oh. Business Insider as oh. well. So Business Insider, I hardly know it. So the um, <laughs> God damn it. So what basically what they've said is, Axel Springer and OpenAI have announced a global partnership to strengthen independent journalism. The partnership will enrich users' experience with ChatGPT mm. by adding recent and authoritative content on a wide variety of topics. So basically, they've created a robotic Ulf Postart. Cool. Oh yeah. So, so all yeah. Porsche art who loves Porsches. Yes. The, the way this is going to work then is if you type into ChatGPT like uh, who who is morally correct about the Israel-Palestine conflict, mm. it will serve you like a rewritten Welt article that's like Israel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was a very short Welt article. That one. <laughs> yeah, just one word. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, it, but this is also right. The um, the what we've talked the about. The Vox explain a list of things that Israel has done wrong, uh, and and it's like, 
Huh. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> it's like being too good. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the uh, I think that this is much like how Google became the way that people experience the internet now, mm. right? Through keyword searching, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Um, I one of the things I was I've often thought of when sort of large language models started to become popular is that this is possibly the goal here is to make this how people experience the internet so yeah. that things like um things like and again like, we can hardly call sort of much of what Axel Springer does at least in its german titles journalism um but that's going to be m the the goal you can see the vision right which is that companies get tie ups with open ai to feed mm. it in to basically create information feedstock that will then be summarized in difficult to attribute and um largely interestingly wrong summaries yes yeah yes mm. i mean that's yeah. that's exciting that's something to look forward to and i guess what springer mm. gets out of it is that it then becomes easier to automate away your troublesome journalists who keep saying things like free palestine well also mm. what springer gets from it is they is they get a kind of foot in the door if that's where they think this is going mm. so mm. they get the preferential rates for example for their partnership with OpenAI, um, and they they also get like they can also get to use large language models for free, which can get expensive, right? To mm -hmm. just generate content. So the end result here is just we're taking a enough fresh water to I don't know irrigate most of Southern California into you know growing almonds again or whatever. I don't need that. And we're and we're pouring it on a great big hot stone that just says build. Yeah, we're, we're taking yeah. all of the water that we're going to need and we're diverting it to one German man. <laughs> it's, literally, right. it's literally the like big uh, like fat guy drinking out of the big pipe of water meme, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. This mm. is, and, but just to see like the... Except it's the piss guy. That this is, <laughs> I think that there's not much here yet, right? Because it was just announced. Yeah. Right, but I think you can you can see the vision of of news. You can see the vision of the internet kind of implicated in this tie-up, mm. which is it's it you you don't even see the content anymore. You don't even see the the words. Right, everything is all just mixed up and interpreted for you, which is just another way of getting even further from another human when you are consuming information. I've offered Scott Benton a delicious schnitzel to go into the British Parliament and say that he thinks this partnership is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this, um, is, this is firmly in the, like, chilling portent of things to come category, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm afraid so. I mean, to be fair, if you catch me on a day when I'm really hungry and offer me a schnitzel to do something, maybe. <laughs> Just maybe. Yeah, I mean, whomst among us would not enjoy having just £4,000 cash in hand as a little treat? Sure. Yeah, of course, <laughs> and a schnitzel? Yeah. I mean, £4,000, uh, you could buy You could buy a lot of schnitzels. You could. Have, have your fill of schnitzels. So I think the, the question is, I think does, what does this do? I think it probably is yet another sort of alienating constraint on our ability to perceive the world around us. Mm. Which uh, is also going to make chat GPT worse, uh, which is yeah. cool. Okay, all right. I want to talk about Neom. Yay. Because New Neom update because just drops. Uh, the thing is, the thing is, we've been talking, like, our last couple of Neom updates, I've been, like, I was interested, but they've been, like, they've had, like, three new things yeah. that we haven't bothered to talk about. It's been, because, it's been washed. It's just, like, here's some yeah. shit in the side of a mountain. Don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We mm. made a hotel. This one's pointy. Mm. We made a hotel. Boring. This one's a hexagon. Mm. Washed. Yeah. I thought that they were totally <laughs> out of juice. I thought they had nothing left. I was wrong.
It's true. Uh, I love to hear that. We counted out touchdown Mohammed bin Salman. Mm. Yeah. Somewhere in Sydney, Tom Walker's glad to hear it too. In the middle of the night, he sat bolt upright awake. The Tom Walker signal has been shone into the sky. Tom, Riley, and I all have this common experience, I suppose, of being subscribed to the Neom YouTube channel and therefore getting a little notification on our computers or on our phones that's like, guess what? It's some more stupid bullshit. And after two misses, I was mm. kind of my, my spirits were low on this one when I yeah. got the some new mm. stupid bullshit just dropped notification. Mm. But it brought me back instantly. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is not just a different shaped hotel. Oh, this okay. is how anime else. villain are we talking? All right. Do you want to talk about their new immersive destination for art and entertainment or how they're going to sustainably produce food for 10 million people in the desert. Oh, we got to start with the food, surely. Yeah. Topian. Their new Topian. Com- there's a new company in the, in the arm called Topian. Neither utopian nor dystopian, just kind of regular <laughs> run-of-the-mill topian. Just everyday topian. Yeah, just topos, just mm. right there on the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a place. Mm. So, uh, fostering a vibrant community of scientists, industry experts, and innovators. All of these people, by the way, are just like, you know, Northern European men in square glasses who won the lottery of being an Imagineer. Yes. Or a designer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Topian represents a new, or like a food scientist, like the world's luckiest food scientist. Again, right now. They're going to yeah. need a podcast at some point. <laughs> Come on, put us in. <laughs> Come on, poacher turned gamekeeper. We know how to make fun of you. We know how to make you make not fun of you. I'm, I'm... My colleagues have laughed at me for years because I was not the one who invented the Twinkie, but they're not laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> now I am building a Topia. <laughs> so, uh, Topian is a purpose-driven organization which aims to perfect the art of more with less. For example, more uh-huh. food with less water or arable land. Okay. It's, I mean, can can we say now that this is another one of the vertical farming things? It well, they're trying mm. to not say that. Okay. Especially okay. as today, a high-profile vertical farm company in Germany went out of business because it's completely impossible to do for anything other than herbs. Yeah, you can do like salad oh, greens no. with it quite efficiently, yeah. and then kind of nothing else. Uh, yeah. Like no strawberries, for example. Mm. Because it, what, what I loved about this company, by the way, it was called uh, Infarm, I think, is they went out of business because they kept on promising stuff they hadn't figured out yet. Like strawberries uh. was the example. They couldn't do strawberries, and they also just didn't never assumed that electricity prices would ever be anything but nothing. Oh, of course. Ah. They're a German company, by the way. Mm. Oh, so okay. they were yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, right, the gas. It's a very, oh, yeah. very like uh, environmentally friendly, like growing strawberries on a wall thing, but it's all powered with lignite. Yeah, well, that's basically mm. it. So yeah, they just completely vanished because it's fucking difficult to do. Mm. Um, mm. And the added bonus of doing it in the desert... Yeah, I mean, farming is traditionally horizontal. I'm not a farming expert. Well, that's because if you have a horizontal farm, do you know what's free? All your energy. Yeah. The sun. Mm. Yeah. Or or build if you're in Germany. Yeah. What if we we just had a kind of warehouse-like automated farm thing that's going to make everything much more efficient? Uh, Mm. I imagine. Wouldn't that that have a huge impact on the the area around? I'm Uh, sure it wouldn't. Topian's launch concept Future to table, so not farm to table. Future to table. It's where you sit at the table and there's no food, but you're reassured that in the future there will yeah, be. Let, let, let the fates become your waiters at the table mm. of the future. 
<laughs> yeah, you're, it's like Looper. You know, there's a guy from the future comes through a sort of portal with your food, and then you have to kill him without taking the bag off his head. <laughs> yeah, seeing my uh, my order appear getting carved into my arm. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it will introduce and apply innovative solutions that will revolutionize the current global food system. So you know the current global food system? Again, yeah. it's breaking down. It's badly in need of revolutionizing. Mm. But I just don't think that this is going to do it. Yeah, what if we yeah. What if we just did some more silly bullshit, you know? Mm. Mm. <clears throat> Topian seeks to redefine food pr- production, distribution, and consumption. Through the cr- to consumption. They're how to, trying to redefine food consumption. Do you eat, yeah, you eat strawberries awesome. backwards now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about intravenous strawberries? Uh, through, what about suppository strawberries? Through the creation of sustainable and innovative food solutions across five vertical pillars. Okay, Okay. right, yeah. yeah. Right. Islamic food <laughs> yeah, production, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in- B-boying. MCing. <laughs> Every, sorry, every time there's five Sorry, things, that's Sufi is law. <laughs> I know, this is the 50th time I've done that bit, and I will do it 5,000 it's, it's, more. It's difficult to mm-hmm. not do that when there's numbered pillars involved. Yeah, yeah it's true. But climate-proof agriculture, one. How's that? What's that? Other than vertical farming, what is that? It's a big... Th- to say that's one of the steps that you're going to take is quite... A, I feel like that's something which itself needs to be broken down into a lot of steps. I feel like that's a controversial... Um, you know, mm. how you'd get to that. You can't just start doing that. No. Um, so, next one. Regenerative aquaculture. That's actually sort of a real thing, but yeah. didn't they also want to have all of the sea areas around Neom be, like, crystal clear snorkeling destinations for the Uber Rig? Yeah, because, I mean, mm. you've, you've yeah. got the, like, industrial bit in Oxagon, right? And mm. you've got the, yeah. like, all of the touristy bits with the weird shapes hotels. Uh, mm. And there's... You don't want algae or whatever floating around off of those. No. no. Regenerative aquaculture, not bullshit. Do I trust yeah. them to do it? Not, no, not at all. I really like the energy of this list. It's kind of like if we did a list of like how to start a really successful podcast, and it's like, step one, marry Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, well, I guess that probably would work, but we're, how are you going to... We're also not going to tell you which one of us married Kim Kardashian. <laughs> That's right. It's a secret. What's I saying? <laughs> no, um, she understands me. No, yeah. The third, novel foods. Novel foods. Novel foods. Yeah, just, new foods. Just, just eat new stuff, I guess. Yep. Matt yeah. Goodwin already started with novel foods. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Dior belt. Personalized nutrition. Okay. Okay. So that's like inventing like a, a kind of protein bar, but that's unique to you. Mm. Why do I want yeah. If anyone else eats it, it's poisonous. Uh I don't know. Mm, okay. Because I mean, I'll t- the real answer. Why do you want this? Is because because Neom is thought of at every stage by a literal king. Then he, the only way he can think of making something that someone else would want is everything has to be completely tailored to and unique to you at all times. Ah, okay. You know, yeah. what if your food was a Spotify playlist? Kind of it says a lot about society. I don't want to yeah. see my food wrapped like that's that's going to be a depressing experience. <laughs> a sustainable food supply. You and ate ESG standing governance. up, looking into the fridge multiple <laughs> times this year. Oh yeah, you're in the top 0.5 percent of customers of Burger Khan. <laughs> Neom aims to drive a transition towards better food future by promoting the adoption of alternative project products and novel ingredients across the broader Middle East. 
and providing the services needed to empower consumers to make informed and responsible food choices in a seamless fashion. I'm worried about what these novel ingredients are. Are any of them Jamal Khashoggi? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit Snowpiercer, isn't it? Yeah, mm, well, yeah. also the other thing to remember is like, uh, I believe this was true a couple of years ago, I don't know if it still is, but the part of the world that has the fastest growing ob- like obesity crisis is the golf. Huh. Yeah. Mm. Glasgow just the, the kingdom of all the little fancy lads? Yes. <laughs> Crazy. I was just thinking if they're like if their sort of proposal is you're gonna do personalized meal plans using novel ingredients, there is really only one answer to this, which is we're gonna find ways for you to eat yourself. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, mm. yeah. we're gonna the greatest well, weight loss gonna, food you, of like, all. You are gonna have to produce your own cheese oh. out of your own oh. sweat glands, and you're gonna enjoy it. Oh, you know what? You, you know, <laughs> let's let's take that and build on it, right? What if these are? This is for the bored wealthy, right? We clone the bored and wealthy, and then you mm. have to hunt yourself for sport, and you can eat that. Boys Weekend Ooh. by Matthew Lubchansky <laughs> is available in all good bookstores. <laughs> Yeah, that Mohammed bin Salman just like proudly announcing that like come cookbook that everyone found a few years <laughs> oh, ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so how just this is one of their FAQs. My clone in order to harvest. <laughs> this is this is one of their suck off the clone. <laughs> this is those laffy daffy clones. Just Neom right. Neom really taking a direction I didn't expect here. Just like the way of the future, we are the first podcast in Neom. I'm sucking off my clone and I'm like, man, this is this is this sure is a topos. It's uh You're sucking off your clone and neither of you are enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I miss burger cut. <laughs> mm. I'd rather stand up and eat in front of the fridge than do mm. this. <laughs> You just you basically is everyone in Neom. I keep imagining as like one of the forlorn animals from the Flintstones. Like, ugh, it's a living. Yeah. O- opening your fridge and just being like, ugh, clone dick again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how is Topian going to sustainably produce food? You might ask. I might. Is it not? Well, this is one of their frequently asked questions. Okay. I am. A- I'm asking this all the time. How I'm are you frequently s- asking? How this. are you so great, Topian? Hmm. New technologies are urgently needed to feed humanity today and in the decades to come. We are developing and testing ways to improve quality and quantity while reducing environmental impact. This is the like carbon capture thing, right? Where it's like, we have to invent this or we're all fucked anyway. So therefore, don't ask me about it because we're trying a bunch of bullshit and seeing what works. But it strikes me that as with carbon capture, a lot more of the bullshit might be successful if you did it in an, an environment that wasn't this. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like the whole thing about like, oh, well, we'll just give go and live on Mars in a biodome, and it's like, well, wouldn't it be much easier to live in a biodome on Earth? Wouldn't that be logistically mm. taking a lot of problems out of the getting getting so, biodome off my clone? <laughs> that's right. So they their example is growing a kilo of tomatoes in an open field requires sixty liters of water. Mm-hmm. In a greenhouse, it only requires fifteen liters. And in a truly controlled production system like the ones they're designing, they can reduce it to just four liters. And Mm. Hey, wow. Great if true, but we keep seeing people try to go beyond greenhouse. Mm. Um, and unless you're going to just seal it in better, at some point, yeah. you're going to hit the vertical farming problem where then you have to all of a sudden spend a huge amount of energy to keep it like cool and also lit. Mm. They're going to create one of those like uh, sealed biome terrariums that like produces its own moisture. I'm, so I'm, I'm always spending a huge amount of energy to keep it cool and also lit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I want to talk about one, one more thing before mm. we go into the startup, which is 
Bill, the Spack King, Spackman. Mm. Oh, we we, we, a... we missed half of Neom. We're gonna have to save that for next time. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Well, the next you know, the next thing with Neom is it's like fine. It's not as fun as Topian. Okay. It's just they've um it, it they've created a, a a new kind of stage. Yeah. Well, what uh, what it is okay. is like it. This first became apparent to me when they were doing Oxagon, which is that MBS has just been playing Civilization Six because he keeps inventing. This is the like X district, and it's a hexagon. Um, and th this is the like culture district. This is going to be the, the yep. like the theater district. So it's an okay. immersive destination for art and entertainment, mm -hmm. an innovative event space to host global artists. And again, like the AI generated video of a guy there is just like a man playing a violin, but with next to a hologram of himself also playing the violin. Yeah, you can come awesome. see us at uh, Utamo, the theater district of Neom. Uh, I'm seeing double here. Four guys playing the violin. <laughs> Tom, we will all be performing next to our clones and next to our holograms and next to holograms mm -hmm. of our clones. Going to get very you, confusing. Uh, cocooned in a mountain located along the Gulf of Akaba coastline next to the Shape Hotels. Yeah. Utamo creates a unique backdrop for music events, exhibitions, and art activations that will transform. Art activation. Yeah, you won't, have, you won't have installations anymore yeah. because there's nothing to install. So it's just going to yeah. be an activation. I saw Mrs. Doubtfire the musical, and now I'm the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> that kind of thing. No, you're, you're watching a guy in a hologram of that guy type in the CD key for The Sims 2. <laughs> nice. Combining natural beauty and technology, the venue has been designed to a place where art and architecture blend. Guests will arrive by an extended pathway of a garden promenade, featuring more than 50 species of shrubs, herbs, and flowers. The 64-meter-high entrance pays homage to art and design. I love and to sets the scene. those things. For Did the, they get ChatGPT to write this? I think they might have. Um, and sets the scene for the experiences awaiting guests inside. The theater of the future where reality and digital converge. Utama will host events that will redefine the benchmark of entertainment, including VIP lounges and signature restaurants, because they can't do anything <laughs> without VIP lounges and signature restaurants. It's everywhere. It's rife. Well, if you're in Neom, you are a VIP. The VIP lounge is the whole place. Mm. Yeah, but you go be the VVIP. Yeah, and, and those mm. things are like sort of purely textural places for everyone who like thinks that way. So it's just like, you know, what, what, where are the places that I'm going to spend my time? In the same way that if you're designing a train station, you might go, well, okay, I should put a bench in so I can sit down and just exist somewhere. Mm. This guy mm. goes, oh, well, I should have like a VIP lounge. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, right, I find this one a lot more fun than like the hotel that's just a shape uh this is this is a lot more whimsical you know mm -hmm. yeah. it's like that's why i think like we have fucked up london has fucked up so badly we were wrong we have to issue an apology because mm -hmm. the one other thing reading between the lines of this statement they're so mad they don't have a sphere dude they want the sphere so bad and they can't have the sphere and neither can we it would go with the other shapes yeah. I mean, you know what we could do we could like look Las Vegas already has one sphere. Yeah. Mm. So what should Neom have in Two its entertainment spheres. district? Either side one of the, end of the line creating yeah. a perfect silhouette of a, of two <laughs> balls and a massively disproportionate dick from space. Ah. Yeah, guy with a really long thin penis of the kind that women love. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, it's a long penis. You must piss a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, just... it takes a long time from when you start pissing for any piss to emerge from the end of your of your toilet of your oh. penis. <laughs> oh How have you been using the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, my Milo's just trying to take in as many Kindiru fish as he can. <laughs> mm, that's right. Uh, all right, all right. Now we're going to talk about Bill Ackman, the Spackman. Yeah. Uh, How so... long is his penis? 
Uh, you know, he's never posted about it. It's one of the few things he hasn't posted about. Oh, okay. There is one, if there's one guy who is really loving the new 10,000 character Twitter limit, it is Bill Ackman, the King's Backman. Mm. Awesome. Are you going to call him that the whole, t the whole thing, every time? Until I forget, yes. Sir William Spackman. Yeah. So, <laughs> sort of a hostage situation emerging here. Mm. So basically, Bill Ackman, for those of you who don't recall, is like one of the big hedge fund guys in mm. the States. Um, like up there with like Ken Griffin kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Peter Griffin's brother. Yes, that's right. His Georgian <laughs> brother. Don't do it. Don't you fucking do it. <laughs> no. Ken, shut the Ken, fuck Ken up. Griffin is the name of the guy in Family Funny Guy. You, you can't silence me. You can silence him, but you can't silence me. I found a new way to take a company public with far less checks and balances. <laughs> You're going, it's me, your brother. Ken, Ken Griffin. Wait, wait. You're, wait, so you're, Bill Ackman and you're dreaming. Bill Ackman and Ken Griffin are related in this case? <laughs> no, Ken Griffin okay. is phoning Peter Griffin. Okay, all right. So Peter Griffin's a hedge fund manager, huh? Yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to talk. freaking soy for my well, hedge fund. There has been a kind of radicalization mm -hmm. of big hedge fund guys in the last couple this of is, years. This is sort of a general, general trend, right? One thing the right's been quite good at is radicalizing... I guess what you might call high-value targets, like Elon Musk, uh, yeah. like people with a lot of mm. outsized influence, because they can't communicate with like normal people anymore. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. So uh, Ackman, um, he started a. If you just to re refresh your memory, you might remember this from our old episodes about him, but they were a while ago. Um, he started a uh, a hedge fund called Pershing Square that basically mm -hmm. made him a billionaire. He, and his SPAC, his SPAC fund was called Pershing Square Tontine, which I always thought was very fun. Oh, okay. Name it after an illegal thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's, um, he has he's always been what you call an activist investor. A SPACtivist, you could uh, say. Yeah, a SPACtivist, <laughs> which means that he will take a position in a company and then publicly bother them forever until they do, do what he says. Ah, so, right. like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, then, right? I have a proposition. Mm. Since we're already yes. a SPAC... Yes. We should, yeah. if we just like don't pay ourselves from the podcast for like a year, all of us, and we take that money, we then become activist investors, and we just like we find we identify emerging startups, and we use that money to fund and then bully them in a kind of blackmail situation. Okay, so are we, so what we could do is say, all right, you you guys, you you startup, you want to um. I don't know. You want to make, make uh, AI to I don't know, have curtains straight better. Yeah, I'm looking sure. at curtains, right? Fine. You can have your angel investment. You can have mm -hmm. your seed round. However, we get to come into the office once a week and let off an air horn <laughs> <laughs> at a at a randomly determined time. You know, like just impose new shit. Uh, you know, I think you'll find our investment is contingent on me using this conference room to build my Legos. And if you move any of them, we will treat that as a sort of very serious breach of contract. Oh yeah, we we will pull the investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Scott Benton's going to hate the air horn. <laughs> he didn't understand what the job would involve. Yeah, he so, already hates the texture of the chairs and the tables. Mm. So, so basically, the neurodivergent right. bribes Tory is just such a good bit. <laughs> so, this is I, this I, is I, my comfort money. I uh, needed so I, it for stuffies. Um, <laughs> this is, but I, I've watched uh, Bill. Uh, also, like Ken Griffin mm. has gotten increased. Like it was weird. It was after Trump. It was after 2020. These guys got increasingly, I'd say, radicalized by Twitter. Yeah, uh, specifically. Ackman, 
Ackman's the best of us. So Ackman's always mm. been weird. We one of the other times we talked about him was uh, he was like this secret billionaire interviewed by I think Bloomberg during COVID, mm. where his main complaint was that. His employees weren't in the office, and he thought that showed a lack of initiative, and also that his builders weren't coming to finish the country house where he was running his hedge fund from. I remember this, because this, awesome. was, this was the one where it was like, we interviewed a mysterious, shadowy billionaire, and everyone looked at that and said, that is Bill Ackman. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is exactly what happened. He, they were like, wait a minute, that is just, that is literally just Bill Ackman. Yeah, we interviewed a billionaire, let's call him Spill Backman. <laughs> they're, they're doing the like voice distorting thing, but they've forgotten to turn the lights facing him off, so he's just like very well lit and talking strangely. And so he's, he's got the IRA phone call yeah. voice, but you can just fully see his face. So yeah. he, he was um, very supportive. Face of an actor. Uh, so he's someone who um, is like in... Um, He's he's one of these people who's like, oh, I was always a, a good liberal. I was always voting Democrat. Um, mm. But then and he reality got reality mugged me, you know? Yeah, yeah essentially. Um, he was supporting initially Michael Bloomberg, uh, and I believe then thought that another hedge fund guy would be like a great president of the US. Rich guy solidarity is crazy. What if my friend was president? Yeah, that's basically him. I, was, um, I think it might have even been Ken Griffin. I, I can't remember, but... It, it, along those lines, right? But you also you see this with Ken Griffin. You also saw it with one of my favorite hot finance guys to follow mm. on Twitter is Doug Sifu, uh, C-I-F-U. He lives in Florida, and he runs like Virtu Capital, like one of the big hedge funds. And until about 2020, D Doug, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at Dougie Large. And <laughs> <laughs> they call me Dougie Large. <laughs> but all he posted about was like, Hockey. Okay. That's all. Yeah, he was just that kind of like uh, hedge fund guy where he's just like, I just want to talk about sports. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was he was only a uh, he only talked about like sports and um like just having fun down in Florida. He was he was living a Going blessed existence. Down in Acapulco. Yeah. He was living a blessed existence. And now, now, now he's Large. I guess anti woke. Yeah, now he's like quote tweeting people being like Hamas supporter etc this is this is the thing you make yourself miserable doing this like at least when you're like going to parties in Miami Beach and stuff with the worst people on earth you were having a good time mm. tweeting about hockey saying that like the Toronto Maple Leaf support Hamas <laughs> <laughs> um so the reason that he's in the news now, and the reason that he's worth talking about, and he's raising his head so much further above the parapet, is that if you've been following the saga of the various, like, you know, Ivy League uh, university presidents, uh, Harvard, Penn, and MIT, sort of getting- President Gay. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting dragged over the coals in Congress uh, for, again- Equivocating, uh, I guess. Yeah, kind of essentially. Like, it, however you choose, like, trying to triangulate, trying to, like, fumbling- uh, in a very sort of like contested media environment, uh, the like institutional statement on Palestine. Um, yeah, essentially. Which, of course, uh, as we know, is tantamount to being a member of Hamas. Yeah, correct. Uh, is that Ackman has gone on a particular crusade to try to get them fired? Um, <laughs> trying, and... to, trying to remove President Gay at any cost. <laughs> yeah. That's says, right. So what he's done is he's and he's no, not George Santos, the other one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he basically what what was what sparked all of this was um, a letter from like a, from some Harvard students basically saying, "Hey, the occupation more or less meant made this inevitable." 
Yeah. Right. Th mm. Which yeah. is true. Like that's yeah. just flatly true. But and if you and if you refuse to condemn this in the most kind of like um abusive terms, that makes you a member of Hamas. Yes. Effectively. Um so yeah. what happened was he he took he took this and made this a national issue kind of personally. And you can see a lot of the like activist hedge fund manager brain kicking into gear mm. while he decided he was like, well, I feel invested in the American firmament of elite institutions. Well, he's doing so like now activist investment stuff in Harvard, where yeah. which mm. activist investment, by the way, is still so funny to me because it is the same business model that the Yakuza used to have of just <laughs> of like buying a few shares in a company in order to show up and blackmail them. Otherwise, you disrupt the AGM by like shouting about the emperor and stuff. You've got to let Blackman do what he wants with the board of your company. Otherwise, he's going to cut off the end of your pinky finger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, a, a sort of increasing odds as these people get radicalized by the far right that they own a katana. <laughs> so, um, and, and this is, it, Ackerman has tried to be, he's tried more activist tactics than just badgering them in the national press. Instead of building a bunch of Legos on one of the conference tables. <laughs> well, so, um, one of the first things he did is he invited um, uh, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, um, to uh, see a That's such a great Gatsby ass name, Claudine. So she Gay. was yeah. yeah. So she was scheduled to testify in front of Congress alongside MIT and Penn presidents mm. on the morning of December fifth, which would have forced her to miss a screening the night before at Harvard of like the footage that the IDF is showing. Oh, the snuff show film. to like yeah. oh yeah, yeah the snuff film. Mm. Um, to make it possible for her to attend both, Ackman offered to send his private jet to Boston to fly her from DC right after the screening, where he'd personally escort her and serve dinner on the plane. What better way for her to show the seriousness with which she is taking the issues around October 7th and anti-Semitism, which again are seen as like coterminous? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, of course, yeah. Ackman, Ackman wrote, I wanted, among other things, to help prepare her for the likely questions she would receive. Um, and it's like, yeah, how on earth would she turn down a plane ride in a night with this strange guy? <laughs> One night with Bill Ackman. <laughs> um, and so, of course, then he's he is then camp leading campaigns to like blacklist any of the students, like publicly name and blacklist any students involved yeah, in like he, signing isn't the he letter. Sort of like at, mm. at one end of the like doxing truck thing, uh, faculty yeah. members at Harvard have been warned about going on rich guys' planes since some previous incidents. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's he there's a there's an Epstein connection later. Oh, yes, of course the fucking. <laughs> So. Dershowitz agreed to take her place on the plane. That man will get on any plane. <laughs> He's like he the Scott Benton yeah. of planes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He just loves a plane ride. He doesn't care where it's going. <laughs> but the argument, right, that you can see sort of coalescing underneath Ackman, and this is something again you see in a lot of other big hedge fund guys if you follow them, is that he said this on one of his like ten thousand word posts that only I read. Yeah, that's um, right. He says, "I learned from someone with firsthand knowledge of the quote." of the Harvard president search that the committee would not consider a candidate who did not meet DEI criteria, like diversion, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So this is part of the, like in, in the UK, we see this as the war on like HR mandated grievance training yeah. or yeah. whatever. In the US, it's the war on the DEI industry, which is seen as a kind of shadowy fifth column trying to like take over America from the inside through like yeah, Racial this was always yeah. an interesting kind of conspiracy theory to me because you had people who, in another generation, would have been like Birchers, like members of the John Birch Society, uh, people who have never cared about or been exposed to that kind of like corporate managerial culture, talking about things like DEI and like corporate social responsibility, and it was like, 
well, why are you talking about this? Why do you know about this? And the answer, it now seems, was because this was part of a concerted effort to get guys like Bill Ackman and Elon Musk instead of them. Yeah. And it's it's just kind of spilled over. Mm. I think the DEI should be a federal agency like the DEA. Like they can kick in the door of your boardroom like yeah. with a SWAT team. And be like, There's too many on- right men in here. <laughs> Greg Stoopy's on the run from them. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, sm- they try to get big guys out of politics. He's for smuggling white men. Well, because if you think about it, he he's such a big guy that he's like five white men all in, in himself. So if they get rid of uh, Greg Stubbe, they'll have made a lot of progress. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Uh, so basically, he then says, uh, the same is true for other elite universities doing searches at the same time. And it is also not good for those awarded the office of president who find themselves in a role that they would likely not have obtained were it not for this finger on the scale. I mean, this is astoundingly <laughs> racist, we should also say. Yeah, like, absolutely. Nothing, nothing new, but to be like, oh, this is the diversity hire who is not qualified yeah. for this job. And mm. I mean, the job of president of Harvard is like asset management and schmoozing. There's not. Well, there's, like, mm. there's an asset management line to this as well, which mm. is that it was like. And followers of Ackman will know that he's acolytes. Acolyte, yeah, yeah. acolytes like Ackheads, myself. Real Ackheads, yeah, yeah, yeah Ackheads. Ack, Ack, I say. Will know that uh, he's kind of had a bone to pick with Harvard for a few years mm. because of the strange way. So, basic. Uh, this is this is great. I mean, it, this is so fun. Um, I actually didn't know elements of this. Okay. So he donated ten million dollars in stock. Right. Um, because he was liquidity constrained at the time because he was I getting divorced. Ha- oh, so not even that he wanted them to have a little walking around money, he was just trying to hide money from his wife? Well, he wanted to get money as a tax. He, had, he was liquidity constrained and needed to save on taxes, so he donated stock, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're that rich, money is such a different thing. Mm. Yeah. Like, a tax write-off is the same as money in your pocket. Holding 4,000 4, pounds in your hand really means nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So basically, he gave them ten million dollars of stock, and then said, "Anything above a certain amount, I get to direct how you invest it. If it goes up a certain amount, anything if it drops below ten, then um, I'll make up the difference." Like that kind of agreement. Now, because Harvard is basically a big hedge fund, as is every American university, mm-hmm. they have their own asset strategy. Like, they're not just going to be like, "Okay, well, I guess we just own ten million st- we just have a random allocation based on like what our benefactors kind of vibe with. Yeah. Um, so they sold it and invested it in something else. Again, like, uh, like Harvard like loves to buy forest land, water rights in California. Awful institution. Mm. Um, but um, then, right, they, that, the money, the, the stock went up hugely after they'd sold it. And then he was really mad that they just like liquidated it. And so he's been kind of pissed with them for like six years. That's an insane grudge to hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it, it is absolutely baffling. But I just love that he also was like, oh yeah, by the way, it was because I was getting divorced. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, there's one thing we've learned doing this podcast is a lot of these things come down to guys getting divorced. Yeah, true. <laughs> guys going through it in the family courts underpins a huge amount of, you know, Anglo-American political yeah, he, life. He wanted to endow um, Raj Chetty as an economics chair. Uh, so there is now this guy is now the, the Bill Ackman School of Econ- uh, Professor of Economics <laughs> via this like stock donation. That, Amazing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so he but he says also in his to back to the crusade against um, uh, Claudine Gay. He says, I've been called brave for my tweets a few times over the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, me too. 
The same could be said for those calling out Joseph McCarthy during the Red Scare. <laughs> but, but you, but you are Joseph McCarthy. Do you not see that in that analogy? <laughs> like it's so funny to be like, yeah, this is just like the fight against McCarthyism, which is what you're trying to do. You're trying to make it unacceptable no, to hold an obviously fine political position. We're trying to blacklist Joseph. If we blacklisted Joseph McCarthy from a job, what if we said Joseph McCarthy was a communist and then he yeah. got kicked out of the government? Well, Joseph McCarthy was the real communist because communists are the ones who don't want people to say or do anything. At long last, Senator, you're cancelled. I don't think it will be long before we look back in the last few years of free speech suppression and repeated career-ending accusations of racism for those who questioned the DEI movement. Again, you have infinity money and what you're worrying about is like wokeness on campus and making yourself miserable to do it. It's just really like depressing in a lot of ways. It, it, mm. is, the, it, is, it is the final victory, I think, of, of right-wing <laughs> culture warriors to get hedge funders. Mm. Yeah, it's maybe not you know? the final victory. No. But... Okay, fine. But it was it was in fact quite the quite the victory of of these culture warriors to get hedge funders. And you know, I think it also goes coup, to show it's a coup, how coup that we're not responsible for because like none of those guys were ever going to be on the left. But what they could no. have been was kind of mainstream Democrats, and the Democrats mm. squandered those guys. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. it was there was so I think like especially American and British liberalism have been so wet. And just mm. bereft of anything other than naked careerism, and also have like embraced many of the ideologies that these guys now have turned against in the most mm. shallow and cynical way possible. Well, also, that, like, like you don't have to give them a lot of concessions. That all they want is people to pay attention to them and tell them they're smart, right? You you could absolutely mm. do this. Like this is something that Biden had done successfully in the past. It's something that Hillary Clinton mm. had done successfully in the past. Um, yeah. and then. You know, uh, you just needed something to compete with the the rush of this, and mm. you know, liberalism wasn't very well equipped to find it. And and so then what happens is, and this is like Chris Rufo is then interviewed oh, yeah. and yeah, interviewed by multiple like legit papers about this, um, saying uh, that uh, Bill Ackman is now an elite defector. He is a man of the people again. Um, it says, Bill Ackman is a man of strength and courage. He demonstrated the power of speaking the truth while so many elites may remain silent. Through his actions, he exposes them for what they are, cowards. Abolish DEI now and forever. It's not a thing. I mean, Chris Rufo, man, it's like a guy who scores into an open goal a bunch of times and then tells you he's the best footballer in history, you know? Mm. Yeah, he's the professional footballer playing against a hundred children. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson versus that one child. Yeah, um, that was but, awesome. To be fair, best thing Boris Johnson ever did. But right, this is this is also part of goes back to that's who's talking to these guys who could potential to win them is Chris Rufo, mm. and they want to hear him probably because they're very aware. I think again, like things like COVID uh, and the political disruptions of the late 2010s, kind of cast a light to these people on how alienated they are, they are from the rest of society. Mm. So they say, okay, well, I want to be a man of the people again. And then Chris Rufo comes in, maybe not even directly, right? But he has this ready-made ideology that says, here's how you're a man of the people. You can be an elite defector. You can, you can join the people again. Mm. It just so happens that the people are fantastically racist. Well, so <laughs> yeah. What Rufo also offers them is a way of sort of like participating in politics without really having to sort of give up anything. Mm. Because like the, what what it sort of seems like before 
is <clears throat> like um you know they, they like hedge fund managers tech guys they can participate they can sort of participate in politics as far as much as you know they can sort of donate money and uh part like political parties like lib like centrist political parties will kind of just do whatever they want right like so much of the sort of development of silicon valley is really based on that type of principle and i don't know whether covid was like the first kind of time where a lot of these guys sort of were affected by a sort of like political phenomena in a way that they weren't sort of fully protected and that might be what one reason why this becomes like a radicalizing moment but the other is also like i think every like this is a phenomenon where everyone sort of because like is forced to sort of recognize that they have to engage with politics in some form like they can't be protected by it the sort of financial like collapse also means that you know just abjectly sort of throwing money around doesn't necessarily like achieve the goals that you want um and so what Rufo has done is sort of, well, like what people like Rufo have done, have, has really presented this idea of like, you know, you can kind of actively participate in poll. You can be like the sort of activist hedge funds manager, but you don't actually have to sort of engage materially with like politics in any form. You can just sort of be the reaction. You can sort of be like a funnel for react like the reactionary yeah. framework that these guys develop and rufo does like a very good job of it i, I don't know why like i i, I don't like I, I don't really have a theory as to like why he's particularly successful at it i don't think it's because he's like intelligent i think you know there are sort of various sort of environmental and social phenomena in there but what i was going to say was like people like matt goodwin for example you can see that very clearly trying to imitate that formula actually very openly says that yeah chris rufo like does good stuff and i would like to very much do it in the uk whether Matt Goodwin is a, is as is as successful as him is a different question, but I feel like you're still seeing a similar thing. It's mm. very, it's still very much like okay, you guys have become radicalized, or like we can take advantage of you being radicalized, but like here is a framework for engaging with politics where you can present yourself as a man of the people without actually having to sort of give away anything material to sort of mm. even postulate that. Well, you that's the sort fun thing. Are. He's still giving away material. Thing. He's still donating to Harvard mm. because my, these my, guys have. They have huge stakes. That, that I think that's true, right? Or is it, so is it, is it like the guys who like um, were really mad at Balenciaga for a very brief period of time because they did that weird like child uh, BDSM yeah, thing, and then yeah. like sort of forgot about it a month later? Mm. Well, I, but the thing is, I think you're absolutely right. Right? It's that they want to they want to be engaged, but they want to be engaged in a way that's fun, mm. and yeah. even in and and. In the sense that, like, he still gives to Harvard, right? Because he's never going to stop giving to Harvard because they're enormously invested in American elite institutions, whatever they are. Not even necessarily educational ones, just the things that mark out American yeah, they, elites. They, I mean, they, they recognize what being an elite in society is, yeah. and they also recognize that, like, you're not, you know, they have no intention of, like, destroying any type of system that would, like, posture that they are, like, men of the people in the sense that, you know, if, if, if you were to sort of take them seriously, even if, you know, you disagree with their politics, you know, the premise would be like, okay, well, you recognize that society is run by elite institutions and people who sort of benefit from those. So, yeah, surely you would want to just you would want to get rid of those institutions as well, right? We want to build them from the ground up. That's what you keep saying. No, they don't. But like people like Matt Goodwin don't really want to do that either. Most of like the British they, elite, they just want those that, those institutions to you know, like them and take them seriously. They, they yeah, they would like those institutions to sort of work. They would like those institutions to work in the way that they would like them to. And so, for, you know, and so they have no interest in actually like dismantling them or even thinking about why or how these institutions uh, may not be beneficial for the types of politics they, they want espouse. to control them. They would like to control they them. They want to control them, but basically. My, my, my question, though, as you mentioned this earlier, 
what's the Epstein connection here? Thank you. Thank you for asking. Uh, by the way, just before we go to the Epstein thing, which we'll, 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 we'll do the startup the next episode, um, I, I, I'm going to say, say uh, Claudine Gay, mostly through Bill Ackman's intervention, has at time of recording kept her job because he pushed so hard that Harvard would have been seen to capitulate to him. Hey, he overplayed Amazing. his hand. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, no, you want to know, of course, what's the connection here to Epstein? And of course, okay. is via MIT and the MIT Media Lab. Yes, yes, returning champion. <laughs> so, uh, basically, he, he said this also. He, well, he was really, like, feeling himself. He said to the MIT governing board, he sent this on, on Twitter, let's make a deal. If you promptly terminate your president, Kornbluth, I won't write you a letter. <laughs> Ooh. it's a very Keir Starmer-ass <laughs> threat. <laughs> well, anyway, an activist investor, if, you, if you're on the, if you're a um, management of a company of an activist investor and you ignore a letter, that's a very bad thing. But he doesn't mm -hmm. have that same level of direct control here. Uh, okay. Uh, so, this is uh, Professor Neri Oxman, uh, was, is Bill Ackman's now wife, uh, was tapped by the MIT Media Lab to court donations from Epstein, uh, gave him a grapefruit-sized 3D-printed marble with a lighted base as a thank you present to him for giving her design lab $125,000. Hey, new orb just dropped. Yeah, <laughs> massive marble. So yeah. he was he was playing like marble run, but like billionaire size. It was like the whole island was a giant marble run. Who, yeah. th that's such a cursed object. The, the MIT Jeffrey Epstein orb. I mean, I, who who owns this now? Like, I guess his I, estate. Well, someone must, right? So I, I'm yeah, if you know out. who owns it, right in. It's up there with the golden arm yeah. for objects we must yeah, acquire. I, I'm like camped out at the Jeffrey Epstein estate sale looking for orbs. <laughs> Mm. There are so many orbs mm. at that. <laughs> it's like a yard sale at Little St. James Island. Like It's like a bunch of stuff yeah. out on trestle tables on the beach. Like, do you want the orb? I'll give you a, it's, give it's you a like quid. Table full of orbs. Table full of orbs. Highly pixelated table full of the most illegal shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you 50p for all the orbs. <laughs> so, Joy Ito basically asked her and other professors to solicit donations and write like thank you notes to him. Um, and she was like, she demurred. But then in, 20, in 2017, when Ackman started like writing angry letters to Harvard, and so I didn't say this earlier, but uh, wrote them a whole plan to get students back to campus, like in the middle of the pandemic. And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. And he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so Ito requested that Oxman send this uh, marble <laughs> to Epstein's Manhattan townhouse. And then... When this was like in 2017, by the way, like well after all of the uh, original stuff. Oh, yeah. Of right. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Ackman stepped in when questions about the MIT Media Lab and Epstein began to swirl back like around when we talked about mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and Ackman said, I don't want to see her, Neri, forced into a position where to protect her name, she's required to be transparent about everything that took place at MIT with Epstein. Anything other than perfect transparency will make her look like she is hiding something, and this has regretfully become a, wish, a witch hunt. So, basically, he was like, hey, don't let reporters ask any questions to my wife about her Jeffrey Epstein marble. <laughs> don't email my wife. Yeah. Uh, in brackets, mm. about the Epstein marble. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm did you not insinuate that my wife gave Jeffrey Epstein a marble on the Plymouth Herald comment so, section? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the marble, and I, I don't believe there are any photos of the, of the orb. At all, which is alarming in its own way. No, there, uh, there is. I will, you, I will send you the marble. His wife is hot, though, so I do have to say that. 
Um, so no, this is oh from, yeah, she is hot. This is from Surface Magazine. Nary Oxman is redesigning the natural world. The official magazine of surfaces. <laughs> Materials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge Topos fans over there. Oh yeah, they yeah. they love uh, stainless steel, glass, uh, what carpet even. Mm. Uh, so it's not necessarily the marble, but you can find a picture of a similar 3D printed marble. Oh, he didn't even get a unique marble. Pathetic, uh, you know? <laughs> Do all of that shit, uh, they don't even give you your own orb. Yep. O Oxman then said, I regret having received funds from Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Epstein said, I regret having received orb. <laughs> yeah, well, I regret orb. <laughs> yeah, I regret having received these 4,000 pounds from the gambling company. Mm. I clearly said dome, dome. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's the Epstein connection, and he was trying to hush it up. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, that is it, finally, finally. Uh, the fun uh, last funny thing about, about Ackman now, I mean, there's lots of funny stuff about Ackman. This is just the stuff that He's we He's a weird fit. guy. Yeah. Uh, was that he was sort of mooting taking Twitter public via a more complicated version of a spat called a spark. Do it, pussy. <laughs> Bill Sparkman. Yeah, um, which I, I think wasn't approved because it was too weird. I am willing to see Twitter crash and burn in any manner of financial instrument, however yeah. they want to orchestrate it. Uh, but also, mm. after sort of Elon Musk being like, ah, the Jews are doing white genocide thing, yeah. Ackman said um, that Musk's remark was simply, shoot from the hit commentary, um, yeah, and that he's a free speech like, absolutist, which I respect. I think he's entirely correct that he's treated unfairly by advertising. This kind of radicalization is like very, very weird just for Elon Musk, mm. where he's having to triangulate between like the ADL and Bibi Netanyahu. I can't imagine how much mm. weirder it is if you are actually Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a very it's very strange though to have watched all these hedge fund guys get radicalized in real time. Like we could do a whole episode on on Sifu or Griffin or any of them really. Mm. You know, it's um it's, Get Sifu on to talk hockey. Yeah, I always thought it would be cool to. Well, I used to think. I don't think it's cool to talk to Doug Sifu anymore. Oh, I would have wanted to talk tragedy hockey. of all, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would have wanted to talk to, about hockey with one of the richest, most regular seeming guys, and the only super rich regular guy. Mm. And he's not regular anymore. No. They took it from us. The right took this from us. He's deregulated. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's all we have for today. But uh, this has been TF. This has been free TF. It has been free TF. You know that there's it's a bonus. The one. There's a bonus. There's a there bonus, are. folks. I did, Should I, we bring out the bonus? It's only on the Patreon. We're going to find that out. Also, Patreon has told us some new information. Mm. Oh, God. Which is the Apple Store is going to, for all new subscribers, charge a, like, 30% cut of... Yeah. If yeah. you subscribe through the iOS app to the Patreon... Uh, there's in the Patreon iOS app. I think after like March yeah. next year or something like that, you're going to get charged a 30% surcharge to do it. But if you subscribe any other way, uh, like online or whatever, you can pay the normal amount and you can still listen through the iOS app. Yeah. But just don't, our recommendation is don't subscribe after that date, whatever that date is. I think it's Marchish next year through the iOS app. If you're already subscribed through the iOS app, you can stay subscribed and your price won't change. Yes, that's correct. Huh. Um, little consumer tips there. Yeah, your yeah. Are trash uh, you also might have been wondering, hey, how come TF didn't talk about uh, like the Epic Games Google uh, ruling? Uh, because that's actually going to be hugely consequential for the tech economy. That's because gaming is for nerds, and we don't <laughs> care about it. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your no E3 this year, idiot. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting to that. Don't worry. Um, and all the other sort of boring actual tech company news that came out recently. Mm. We're getting to it. That's anyway. Right. <laughs> 
so subscribe to the uh, the free the, the nope. Subscribe to the free feed. You're you already on it. Subscribe to that too. Yeah. You know? subscribe. Sus- subscribe to anything. Subscribe yeah. to things at random. Yeah. Check out the bonus Click feed. Buttons. Mash pedals. <laughs> change gears. Fucking yeah. hit symbols. Yo, you should yeah. start button mashing in real life. That's right, and just see what happens. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, you can check out the bonus feed right now. Still yeah. the normal price through the iOS app for now. Yeah, uh, tour dates. Uh, uh, Amsterdam selling really fast for January twenty sixth. That's on my website. Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, Amsterdam is Jan twenty seventh. Rotterdam is Jan twenty sixth. Uh, there's more tickets available in Rotterdam, but I think Amsterdam will sell out pretty soon. So get on that. Um, yeah. I'm going to be in Berlin, Feb, the weekend of February tenth. Yeah. With friends. Hang out. Don't try and contact me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Melbourne Comedy Festival on sale as well. If you're going to be in Melbourne uh, late March through early April, uh, my show at the festival is now on sale. And I'm going to be in Switzerland the first weekend of February. Skiing. Don't don't come up to me. (laughs) Don't speak to Riley. How does one man take this many vacations? I'm I'm just going to be around... Like you can come talk to me if you want. I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna be in Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, d- d- again, do not try and contact me. There's a, there's a nice. bench that I sit on. There's a bench that I sit on in Bethnal Green, and I have a sandwich sometimes by I, myself. I, I, it's the VIP we lounge at Bethnal Green. <laughs> That's Tuesday. right. Yeah, you're allowed I, to sit I, I, down I next to me. Um, I may not be <laughs> good conversation. I I tend to lose my focus quite a lot, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. Have it. you ever taken a bribe? If anyone wants to offer me uh, a suitcase with four thousand pounds in it, I go to a bakery in the West End quite regularly. <laughs> I will. You, I will take. Yeah, I will take twenty pounds of that maximum. Go get myself a nice like treat, and then I will give you the change back. Mm. Yeah, that, that <laughs> is, if you if you wish to bribe us, yeah, these are our locations. Offer Hussein a sticky bun and a pour over <laughs> coffee, and he will say anything you want on the podcast. I would actually, I would genuinely actually do yeah. that. Find yeah. me in Bergheim or the gondola up from Klosters or other places that I'm often right. found. Offer Riley some free piss in Bergheim. <laughs> <laughs> You can find him at the sandwich place in Bergheim. Yeah, the open face sandwich bar. Where the, <laughs> where right. the shirtless okay. guy gives you an ice cream. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's true. We saw that. We guy. did, yeah. I got an ice cream from him. <laughs> Took a fuck of a long time though. Well, he's busy. Yeah, that's right. Alright, alright, it's time for us to actually go. Bye everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.